and this is the art of less doing. I'm going to teach you how to optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life, including your health, in order to be more effective. I want you to stress less, free up as much time as possible, and do the things you want to do. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Less Doing Podcast. This is episode 176 with Jeremy Roger. And uh, my co-host again right now is Kayvon. So, Kayvon, welcome back to the podcast. It's been a while. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, so, hopefully everyone's a longtime listener and they know all about you already. But if they haven't heard the last episode, can you just give a quick overview of what you do and what you want to offer? Hey Ari, thank you uh, for you know having me on the podcast again. It's great to be here. Um, I am. My name is Kayvon. I am an entrepreneurial coach. I help uh, entrepreneurs. I work with the person um, to be the better, better entrepreneurs that they can be. It's about mindsets, entrepreneurial mindsets, and implementing those mindsets. What I call the practice. No mindsets plus practice um, are the stuff that I do. It's called uh, Soul Focus. The website is thesoulfocus.com, and I do three types of coaching. Entrepreneurial coaching for entrepreneurial mindset and implementation, accountability coaching for being effective and getting things done, and with everything that I learned from you, um, productivity coaching. And speaking of that, um, recently I worked on this document called How to Live and Work in the Zone. And we're all familiar with the zone that we want to be in it. So um, I did that and I think um, it's a good read. So if anybody is interested, they can go to my website, thesoulfocus.com slash zone, thesoulfocus.com slash zone. It's there. Uh, They can uh, just put their information and the report will be sent to them. And if anybody is interested to you know, uh, know more about what I do, they can go to thesoulfocus.com slash now. Cool. And we'll have links to all that stuff in the show notes, of course. Mm-hmm. So, thank uh, yeah, thanks. Well, thank you again, Kevin, for being here. I really enjoyed our conversation on the last episode. So uh, let's get right into it. I've got a bunch of links I want to tell you about. The, uh, the first one is called uh, VIDA, V-I-D-A, so V-I-D-A.com, and this is your personal health coach. So you're seeing a rise in a lot of these kinds of apps. Uh, One of the ones that I've mentioned before was called Rise, actually, .us, which is a personal nutrition coach. So this is a personal health coach. It's an app, and they do weight loss coaching. You get weekly one-on-one video consultations, a completely personalized nutrition and fitness plan, and it connects with all of your health devices and apps. So this is really, it's really cool, actually. I think it's a, a pretty interesting thing. You can, they'll create customized programs for you. They're going to keep you accountable, and they're going to benefit from pulling in a lot of data that you might not otherwise be providing uh, this kind of a coach. So they're going to get stuff from your Fitbit and from your Apple Watch, and, you know, so they can know if you weren't standing enough today or you didn't move enough today, uh, right. if you didn't get your heart rate up, that kind of thing, and then match that with your nutrition. I think it's, uh, it's pretty interesting. I think so too. This is the kind of an accountability coaching or you know health coaching that um, I, I could have used you know a few years ago. So glad it's here because me too. Connecting all of these data and what's happening and being on it and in it at the same time becomes you know very 
cumbersome. So I'm glad that they're doing this. Yeah, I, I really like this. And 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 but the other thing that this to me signifies is this is one of the the many sort of. I almost would call this like a specialization assistant in some ways, you know, where you have a general virtual assistant, like we just talked about in the last episode, this help uh, app, but now you're getting these sort of virtual assistant apps or SMS services that are for something very specific, such as Vita, which yes. is for health. And then you got another one here that I wanted to talk about, which is called Native. So nativeapp.com is your virtual travel assistant. Uh, and it's, mm -hmm. it's uh, all... Uh, it's an app, and it's also you can text to it in as well. And it is, I'm pretty sure that it's a bot, but it's still they can handle flights, uh, lodging, restaurants, even like things to do in a particular area that they think might be cool or interesting. So it's it's a basically a virtual assistant, but it specializes in travel. Mm -hmm. That's a good one too. Yeah. So um, I, I that's great. I think I'm really enjoying. I'll be traveling soon, uh, so I'll uh, try to give it a try. Well, yeah, but you of course have the benefit of the less doing facilitator that we have at our at our. Oh as right, well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, I'm enjoying that a lot. You know, uh, the certified less doing uh, assistant is is a fantastic thing. Yeah, you have done a great job in you know in training her and uh, other um, coaches, other assistants. Um, so. Um, you're on a, on a, you're onto something. <laughs> well, thank you. You know, it's just that I, I've, ex I, I have worked with, I've tested over two dozen virtual assistant companies in the past several years. And, and a lot of times, you know, I do it to simply to test it. And I throw some pretty weird tests at people sometimes to, to break the system. And I, I, I'd say that I usually am able to break the system pretty quickly. And, uh, I, because of that, I've recognized a lot of these areas that can be improved. And yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with this, with the way this program is shaping up. We're basically creating a breed of, I, I don't even calling them assistants, I'm really calling them facilitators that are able to facilitate things that no other assistant service is capable of even knowing how to do. Yeah, I see that. I see that. So, yeah. So, thank you. Um, okay, so uh, the next one is an interesting one. It's called Mapster, M-A-P-S-T-R.com. And this is, uh, so they say, never forget places again. And basically what this is, is you're creating a personalized map of your world, your favorite restaurants, shops, friends, uh, your life. And I have to be honest, I don't entirely get it, but it intrigued me. Mm -hmm. So essentially you can create a custom map of, I guess, things that you care about and things that are interesting. And so maybe that means that if you're in a particular neighborhood and you want to remember something that you come back to at some point, then it's there. Yeah. Uh, so, but I mean, this functionality exists in other places. Like you can technically do this in some ways with Evernote, but this is uh, this is a very specific use. So I, again, I'm not sure, entirely sure I get the point, but I liked it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, I was, as you were just talking about this, I was thinking I probably wouldn't use this for my own hometown. Uh, I live in Vancouver, so I know everything around. But for, uh, for uh, my coaching uh, program that I am a member of, I travel to Los Angeles uh, once a season. So that's a city that I frequently travel to but it's not my city, so I don't know my way around, I don't have a vehicle. So this, I think it can be useful for me to keep track of what's around me in wh where I'm, when I'm there. And when I go somewhere and I like it, I can this way keep track of it because uh, not being my own town, I don't necessarily remember how I got there. 
So maybe for traveling and when you're away, keep keep a map of the places that you like all over the world. Yeah, that's. I mean, I guess that that would be the most reasonable use for it. But I'd love to hear how people are using this. So you're welcome yes. to tweet at me about that if you are. Um, so the next one is called Kelo, K E E L O dot com, and this is obviously supposed to be a play on the on kilogram. So Kilo, it's short, high intensity workouts. So this is definitely a kind of workout that I recommend and like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is an app focused entirely on hit workouts and it, it even has it's an iPad app an iPhone app and it even has an Apple Watch version and uh, you know it's pretty straightforward you know you see all these apps out here for like the 7 minute workout 4 minute workout whatever or not this is a, a version of that but this looks like it has a really good variety of stuff right. some stuff is just body weight some things with dumbbells some things with pull up bars and uh, I, I like it I, I really like this and I also I just got the Apple Watch my wife got it for me as a present mm-hmm and I'm, How do you like it? I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. <laughs> I got to tell you something. I was really against it. I even talked about it on the podcast how I, I didn't think that it was a, a good thing and I didn't think it was a good device. And uh, I, I, I can't get enough of it. <laughs> uh, okay. Cool. It, it's really well, cool. I guess uh, it's like any other new thing that uh, when apps are uh, developed for it and if we find usages for it, then it finds its place in our life. Well, you know, I'll tell you, as a parent, it's an amazing thing to be able to have my hands completely free and still not only be able to, like, see a text message from my wife, but respond to it, uh, see if the call that's coming in is something important, and you can actually answer the phone on your watch now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I really like it. I also, it is actually convenient for someone like me to be able to check what my heart rate is at any given time. Right. So it's cool. So now you're, you're convincing me to go get one. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so Kilo, and now you got you know, things like workouts on your, on your wrist if you want. Mm-hmm. So, uh, okay. So now the next one is called Minutely. So this is minute.ly. And this is, this is it's cool. Like it's, this is legitimately an interesting thing. But what I, I like about this is that it speaks to how short our attention spans are these days. Basically, okay. uh, you can watch and share only the best parts of the videos you love. So, whereas previously you had to really bore your friends and send them a three-minute video and say, you know, watch it at minute one thirty. That's when the really funny thing happens. Now you can send them just the part that you want them to laugh at. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can I can see that, but I I'm not gonna say. You, you know, I I find that big resistance in me, for for doing this. Because I totally agree. Yeah, I, I'm I'm going away from things that they <clears throat> they require more of a short attention span from me. I like to increase my attention span, uh, but I can see how this can be useful as a productivity tool, but not as a you know regular life kind of it. Well, this is so this is my problem with this. Okay, so basically they say, look, all the videos you love just shorter, easy to watch, and easy to share. Short video summaries that take you straight to the point. Okay, fine. Yeah. So on the surface of it, that's great. That's obviously a good thing, but. It's very, very different when you're talking about video versus audio, right? Because you can listen to audio while you're riding your bike or while you're typing emails or something. But video really does, even if it's short, video does require your full attention. Mm -hmm. Yes. Otherwise, it's not video, right? Otherwise, you're just doing audio. So So I don't know. So in a way, I think that you're right. I think this actually makes it worse because if you're taking someone's full attention, but you're only taking it for a minute and then they can move on to something else, that to me is actually not a good thing. It is also out of context, you know. Right. Um, we uh, used to be people who 
when we wanted to listen to music, we would buy the whole album, right? The, on, on cassette or LP or whatever, and listen to the whole thing. And with iTunes and other stuff, now all we need to do is to buy one track. And guess what? We're, you know, boiling that down to just the ringtone <laughs> or, or something even smaller. So the same thing is happening to, to video. So think about um, shortening your favorite movies into 10 minutes. How, you know, how, how is that? Um, so for information com communication, uh, maybe it's something, but for uh, videos that they tell a story, I rather to get the whole story. Yeah, and, and again, it, that's a very good point to the 10-minute movie thing because it's like look at your, at like a book, right? So it, it is very, you can summarize most nonfiction books in probably 10 pages or less, and that's a very, very different thing than yes. trying to summarize a rich audio-video medium. Exactly. So, for summarization, this seems to be a good one then. Right. If that's if that is the goal, then yes. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So then the the next one, uh, and this this is fascinating to me. But I, again, this is something I don't completely get. Uh, it's called OpenListings.co. So uh, this they say expert home buyer support with a twenty three thousand dollar eight hundred and forty sorry twenty three thousand eight hundred forty four dollar average refund. So basically, you house hunt, you find a place that you want to buy, uh, mm -hmm. you buy it with them, uh, and they basically manage the whole closing, and then they refund you the agent's commission, which I don't get. I don't get it. <laughs> um, they are trying to eliminate uh, realtors or, or having two realtors on each transaction? Is I, that? I don't know. I honestly, I don't know. And, and I'm, I am a real estate broker, as people know from listening before. But they basically mm. charge a flat fee of $5,000. Uh, mm. And then and they refund you the agent's commissions. So I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 this is like mind boggling to me. So I, I would love to hear more about this and I'd love to see if people are using this. And I mean, it's obviously legitimate. It's been in, uh, it, it's a Y Combinator company. Yeah. Uh, so I, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm fascinated. Yeah, I think this is one of those, let's wait to, and see what happens kind of a businesses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Um, so, okay, well, uh, then the, 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 uh, the next one is uh, called pennysaved.io. So this is another sort of niche virtual assistant service in some ways, although this is a bot. And what this is, they call it your personal finance coach. So this is, you know, it's like Mint or Bill Guard or one of those things, and it can see how you're spending things. But what I like about this, what's really cool is that you can have a natural language conversation with the app, with the bot. Yes. So you can say like, oh, how much have I spent, you know, hey, Penny, like how much have I spent on food? The last mm -hmm. three days, or uh, what does my spending graph look like, or um, how much have I spent on um, uh, on Uber? You know, like you can ask questions like that. Yeah, I love that. And it, yeah, this, so this is really yeah. cool. Yeah, I'm. You know, they these bots are really taking it to the next level. Um, the more that we work with Mikan or or other bots, I I find myself more and more interested because. Uh, there are so many different pieces of, you know, and there are small pieces of information like how much do I spend on food that I can just get the result quickly to prepare me for my human interaction that's, you know, up and coming. So this sounds very interesting to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really fascinated with this. So, um, yeah, it, it'll give you just another level of, of account, not accountability, but another level of uh, just awareness. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. So, okay, so then the, the, uh, that's it, actually. That's all the links that I have for today. And again, uh, Kayvon, thank you for taking the time to, to co-host with me. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. And for your insights. So uh, you have a great, productive day. Thank you. And you too. Make it a great day. The Less Doing Podcast pulls together the top experts in the industry to help you optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life so you can start doing the things you really want to do again. What would you do? If you could only work an hour a day, would you crumble or would you thrive? When I was sick with Crohn's disease, I was faced with that reality because there were days when I literally couldn't eke out more than an hour of work a day. And I had to figure out ways to not only get everything done, but get more done than I was doing before. And that is how Less Doing was born. Less Doing is about you. It's the easiest way to learn and implement a huge amount of productivity tips into your life in a short amount of time. Whether you're a crazy busy business owner, a tired executive in a large company, or a stressed out soccer mom, we've brought it all together for you to help you overcome the overwhelm in your life. For the latest how-tos and actual tips on becoming more productive, sign up for my newsletter over at lessdoing.com. But I want to offer you all something more. As listeners of this podcast, I want to give you the opportunity to get on the phone with one of my less doing certified coaches. I've trained each one of them myself, and they really know what they're doing. The first call is completely free, and you will get some real advice and tips on how you can be more productive in your life and get back to making things easier again. Thanks for listening, and now enjoy the interview. So now I'm speaking with Jeremy Roger, and I'm not going to give him any title. Um, I basically you know each other from a mastermind group, and he posted something recently about his story that I just found really inspiring, and I really wanted to get him on here to have a conversation. And this will be one of those sort of rare interviews, actually, where, Jeremy, I'm going to sort of start with putting it to you to, to really give some of your background and your story. Awesome. Yeah, and I, I'm really excited to share. I, I know it's a topic that we've kind of bounced back and forth on a little bit online um, for a while and other people we know. So, yeah, I guess... Uh, where the start? You want to start back when, how I got into business and all that, or before that? Yeah, when you got, well, um, I mean, I think it's all relevant, but yeah, when you got into the business. Yeah, so well, originally, I usually start that story in that when I was young, like now, I'm 26 now, but when I was 19, I, uh, I decided to leave school and start traveling, and that partly came out of a decision just to kind of take my education into my own hands. I, I had a lot of goals and outcomes I was looking to accomplish and achieve. And when I looked at the kind of roadmap that was ahead of me with university and, and you know, the typical plan there, I, I recognized pretty early on that I think I could do a better job of it. And so w- one of the first things I did, I just went traveling. And, and back then, I didn't have any money, actually. I just kind of bought a ticket and spent most of my money on that. And I went to Europe and then spent the next two years cruising around Europe. And I got really good at this website called uh, couchsurfing.com back then. So I was using that a lot, staying like, like for two years, I didn't stay in one hostel. I just, I got really good at optimizing that whole process of like identifying hosts. And then, well, you know, I'm not, sorry, not sorry to interrupt you so quickly, but my, my issue, I've always wondered about couchsurfing, like, is there any like any safety concerns or is it like, you know, you're not in your own room necessarily. I know it's not literally couchsurfing a lot of times, but like, you're not... I mean, is there ever any of that, like, kind of, you know, anxiety? You know, I think I think people go through that. Probably women go through that a bit more than myself. But, you know, I never had any problems at all. And 
not just that, like I only had exceptional experiences and I, I probably stayed with, you know, probably a hundred different people, you know, absolutely completely different people, you know, and I, I always had like absolutely amazing experiences. So for sure, there's, it's not really regulated. Like the best you can really do is read through someone's profile and get a feel for them um, based on what other people have said about them and, and what they say about themselves. And I think if you're a woman, there'll be a bit of a different uh, story, but I think women can just stay with women. You know, they can just choose to do that. I was always staying with people who had like keywords in their profiles, like meditation or like, you know, whatever I was into at that time. Yeah, that's a good sign. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I just stayed with Buddhists for the whole time. So, you know, people, I always bring this up because like over those two years, I was pretty fortunate in the sense that I, I had a lot of eye-opening experiences and meetings with people because, you know, you enter someone's home and I'm from a small town in Canada. So from that place in Canada, there's not so many new ideas rolling through there. You know, you got to be a bit creative and, and the internet wasn't as full on as it is now. Like I remember back then, like the, you know, Facebook was just, just starting. And so what I was really lucky is that I met a lot of people over the years who, who did many different things, different projects. Some worked online, some had things doing this, some lived in completely like ways I would never even consider, but it opened my eyes to a lot of different possibilities. And, and over that period of time, I I think I, I just kind of expanded my, Already, I would say, curious mind, but I think even beyond that, it expanded to what I saw as being really possible because I'd met so many people who had already done certain things, right? So that that was a prerequisite. And I, I think traveling was a big part of that and really helped me a lot just kind of see what was out there, yeah? Yeah, no, sure. So, okay, so you're doing that for a couple of years, and then what? And then I started getting into projects. So during this time, I was a musician. I was playing music on the streets, and I... Uh, in cafes and I had like a little, I guess, kind of sideline doing that, getting by. But pretty quickly after a period, I was like, okay, well, I was playing guitar and harmonica and all that, yeah. And uh, just, just making it happen. I've always had projects to make it happen. And then I decided pretty uh, quickly, I was like, all right, well, it's time to switch gears here. I'd like to get a little bit more serious with uh, money and, uh, you know, quit being such a broke hippie. Like I was having a great, great time the whole time. But as soon as I decided, all right, let's switch gears a bit. I started looking into the internet and I kind of, I think this was a really helpful thing too, is that I, I reverse engineered my, my lifestyle goals based on what I wanted to live and tried to find a project or business. I didn't really understand business back then, but I was looking for some lifestyle things. And for me, I wanted to travel everywhere and I didn't want to have to like be limited, you know, by my time, like in the sense that I had set hours or, you know, I just added all these things up and I, I recognized like, well, that sounds like I, I'm going to be on the internet and have my own thing going. And so at that point, that's when I decided to get a laptop and start figuring it out. But before that, I didn't really have any computer skills or anything. And I, I didn't really feel like I wanted to be a computer guy, but I, I knew I wanted the, that lifestyle and it, it made sense for all those other pieces to come together. So I just, I just bit into it basically. And um, first thing I got into was making websites. So I was like, all right, well, let's make some websites. And then I did that for a while. And then I got in the habit of, uh, I realized pretty quick I could make more money if I was not making the websites, but have other people make them like in the Philippines and all that. So I had a little office doing that. And then after a year of that, I decided, okay, well, this is a bit annoying, like having to talk to clients all the time. I'd I'd rather like not do that. So I was starting to look at products and uh, I did a few things. Like I had some stuff from India I was selling and and other things, but what really stuck was uh, I got into the yoga niche and particularly on Amazon around that time, Amazon was, and it's still really popular now, but a few years ago it was, 
it was just kind of coming up in a few uh, circles I was rolling through. So I, I chose that as a, as a model to build a physical products company out of. And, but it was from the same intention, you know, I was like, all right, well, I want to live outside of North America. So I need something that doesn't keep me on this time zone, like talking to clients all day. So looking at an option for that. And uh, I moved to Bali around that time and, and built that company up. And I'll, we can talk more about that after just some of the mechanics of it. Um, and then after that, I was, yeah, I've just kind of always been moving forward and things. And I, a lot of it's really followed my interests, you know, like what I want to learn this year. And if I reverse engineer that outcome, what type of model fits that, you know, whether it's in business or where you want to live or all that. And then I usually just invest in figuring out the, the model that is going to work for the lifestyle goals I have. Yeah. So where are you right now? So right now I'm in our home in Bali, Indonesia. Uh, I've kind of become a resident here the last couple of years and uh, it's a great place. And we're living in a There's actually like a big startup community there now, isn't there? Yeah, there actually is. Like when I first came here, I thought it would all be just yoga hippies and, you know, raw foodies. But there's actually a really strong community of a lot of digital nomads, you know, and digital entrepreneurs. And yeah, that's heavy. But also, you know, a lot of our friends are building hotels and building restaurants and building gyms. And, and a lot of it's a really fun place, you know, like you can, you can get a lot done here if you don't mind dealing with the mafia and like <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah. Wait, seriously? Oh yeah, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty old school. It's like, not old school, it's just, it's like a traditional kind of, it's probably what New York was like back in the 20s, you know, or like 1890s and all that. I think it feels like that a bit, yeah. That's really interesting. Okay, so, all right, so you're in Bali now, and like, and what, what is, you know, what's the current business that, you know, you focus on? So, right now we're working on Sidekicks, and it's a, it's a virtual assistance company, so, you know, one thing I, I, I got pretty good at over the last few years was hiring people in the Philippines um, to help build out our companies. And for example, the Amazon business and the yoga brand, you know, a lot of the moving parts in that business require systems and then people to manage those systems. And, and I'm a big systems guy. Like I, I really believe in, you know, the way to scale a company is to document what you're doing and then get the right people to execute those systems in a repeatable fashion. Yeah. So I had a lot of questions from people because I, I had this company going and, you know, there's like 16 staff and, going really well and people are like well how do you you know how did you do that or like you have all this time and and uh like even now the company like i I don't really spend much time on it and it it runs really well um and it just all comes back to that same principle of like what are the repeatable processes that happen and then who's going to do them and so with sidekicks because i was getting so many questions about it that's basically what we turned um that into into a company it's one helping people find the right staff to help execute repeatable process stuff. And then two, how to actually build documentation and, and build the systems mindset so that instead of doing the work 20 times, you do it once and then you move on to building the next thing. So that's what we're working on right now. And it's, it's been going really well and it's fun. It's, it's been a really big passion of mine to like systemize anything, but especially helping people systemize elements of their business that I know that could save them hours every day and, and help them grow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, and obviously we couldn't, you know, be more aligned on that. I mean, how, how do you get people in that mindset? You know, because uh, I'll just tell you, like with me, a lot of times I'll tell people is like, if you do something twice, uh, it takes you more than 10 minutes and, or you don't like doing it. That's a pretty ripe opportunity to start looking at how you might be able to systematize it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what are the, what are the flags? And I, I always try to get people to think like, the way you're going to grow, the way you're going to reach your goals faster is to start thinking in this way because 
that's the difference of a small company versus a big company, right? Or this is the difference between someone who's got like tons of free time and lots of, you know, assets and, and resources to pull from versus someone who's strapped and drained and working all the time, right? It's just, you know, that's kind of like the pain versus pleasure model. But I think that we've all seen the models before, you know, people are very stressed out compared to people who are very liberated in what they do. And, you know, th that's the, that's the outcome. And then I usually get people to start thinking and reading the right books, you know, like what are the systems books and what are the, what's the mindset to look through? Yeah. It, I mean, it's almost like sad for me sometimes when I'm working with people and they just, they, I mean, so many people just don't realize how much of their efforts should be saved when they start to just, just a, a simple mindset shift. And, and the thing that I really try to impress upon people is that it's not about a whole bunch of tech. It's not about a whole bunch of apps and all this stuff. It really is mindset shift. Like, yeah. how, you know, how are you approaching this so that the thing that you're doing repetitively just doesn't need to be done? And it, my favorite thing is when somebody says to me, like, oh, I, I don't even know what I would have an assistant to, or, you know, I, I get what you're saying, Ari, but there's just so much, there's there's still so many things that I, I have to do myself. Like, no, 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 let's, let's talk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, you hear stories, and you've, like our, one of our friends, Sean Gallagher here, like a good example is with people who end up like falling ill for a while, like let's say they, or they get pregnant or something happens. And, and these people, because they're forced to delegate and forced to have processes work for them, they usually figure it out. But unless people are forced to do it, often they'll just avoid it forever, right? But you see it all the time. Like our friend there, he, he took like basically two months off and since then, he's like, you see him hiring people. He's actually getting more work done than he did before. And so it's not about the, <laughs> it's not about the work. Like it's never about the job or the task. It's about the person for sure. It, it was yeah. funny because after, after I noticed that he had like his second or I guess his third hire uh, in like two weeks, I was like, huh, maybe that was a little bit of a reaction. Uh, and it's true. And you know, it's one of the things that I've been doing recently when I give my presentations about less doing is I, I start off with the question of like, what, what would you do if you could only work an hour a day? Yeah. You know, and, and sometimes I get some chuckles and it's like, well, no, no, really think about it. Like, what would that mean? You know, and it's, it's a really interesting way to kind of think about it. So, all right. So how, how generally, like, how do you kind of systemize things? Like, do you have Evernote, you know, notes for people or like, do you have a, a whole system you build out for systematizing things? Like, how do you document this stuff? Yeah. So, the tools we use is Google Sites. Um, Google Sites is a free website that's super easy to use. It basically fits into the Google Apps. It's like it's like Google Drive, but the difference is that it's much more easy to manage um, as an SOP or a, a, a sorry a process place. It's kind of a wiki, and then some of the things I like is you can embed videos into it from YouTube, which you can't do in Google Drive, and you can search every word in the wiki. Rather than like in Drive, you can only search by the titles, right? And there's, there's lots of stuff you can do, like linking, and you can, you can embed tables and spreadsheets, things from Google Drive. So that's the tool I use, and, you know, you can back it up, and it's, it's awesome, and it's free. So I always use that. Now, that's for all the static content, you know, like step one, step two, step three, step four. Anything that's a bit more dynamic, we use Asana for, and more and more we're using Asana for processes like... For, here's a good example. Like I used to have this like 55 step training page on the wiki for the yoga company and that's still there. But what we did, like basically be like step one, open up your email account. Step two, you know, read this document talking about the business. Step three, like 
it would actually walk you through every part of the training that you would need to go through so that I wouldn't have to talk to them. It'd be like, okay, you're hired. Click on this link. Just go through all of that and talk to me next week, right? And they would go through everything like that for them. But now we use Asana for that specific process. So rather than have 55 steps, we've got 55 tasks in a template in Asana that we just duplicate for the next person. So, But it's the same principle, right? It's like get the content to them and get it in a way that you, they don't need you. And if they have a question and something's not working, rather than you ask answering the question for them, it's like, okay, what's broken? And then they tell you and then, okay, you spend the time improving the system so that the next time someone goes through it, that problem isn't there, right? Rather than answering their question, it's like, where is this broken and I'll fix it. And then, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, it's a, it's a very good point too, is that when I build processes out, and because I, I do as much automation as I can, you know, I'm, I'm, as yeah. I'm sure you're all familiar with for yourself, I love IFTTT and Zapier, and I'm always trying to automate as much as I can, but I purposely still will sometimes create a more complicated process just so that there's more places that it could break, and I do that so that I know if it breaks. You know, it's not, I don't mean like I'm building in weaknesses, but it's just that, you know, something might be able to be done in two steps, but sometimes I'll purposely do it in three steps because it's automated, so it doesn't matter anyway. Just in case something in the system doesn't work, it's more easy, it's easier to pinpoint where the problem happened. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, on a high level, actually, like, all you're really doing is just waiting for issues to come up, and then you're, you're solving them, right? And that's, that's what's happening in the yoga company now. Like, I, I hired a manager for that company, and, and it's, it's great. Like, the revenue's great, and profitability's great, and, and things come up, but it's not like I need to deal with them. It's like, oh, like, this isn't working. Like, how do we fix this? And then we make a plan together and, and fix that part of the business. And it's actually cool in that way, because you're, you're just kind of improving the systems rather than being inside of the systems all day like you're rather than being like in the train you're kind of like outside the train like okay this is cool like <laughs> look how that goes yeah so it's very, very mindful yeah yeah like, it's a much more buddhist right now other tools that i think and you know this is like i'm talking from the position of a manager and we can talk a little bit more on there's like a higher level of systemization which i'm, I'm not sure where your audience is at but we can touch on that but while we're in the manager space here google sites asana Dropbox for all the files and everything. And uh, we use recurring tasks a lot in Asana. And I think you can do that with these other software tools like Trello and stuff. But just like recurring tasks for everything that has to happen, like check the inventory status or like send us an invoice or you know all the things that run and go through that way. And then we use, I use Evernote for my personal stuff, but not for the company stuff. And uh, we use one password that just keeps all the same passwords together for the company, um, each vault per company. And then what else do we use? Slack for communication. That's a good one. And uh, yeah, and yeah. Well, let's talk about Slack for a second. Yeah. Because uh, I have um, more and more been recommending Slack to small and and medium-sized businesses, and and have found that in a lot of cases, it's actually like eliminated all email communication within a company. I think Slack is amazing, mostly because there's just so many plugins for it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We don't and, we don't use email anymore. We just use Slack. That's Awesome. Do, do, do you know uh, Do you know Mecan? No. Okay, so I, I'm a, I'm going to share this on the podcast at some point anyway. But Mecan is a plugin for Slack. It's M E E K A N, and it's a scheduling bot. So basically, if you're in a channel, and you know there's four or five or six or whatever people on a channel, all you do is you say uh, Mecan, we need to have a half hour phone call, uh, and then it, it 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 syncs with all of your calendars and it will recommend the time. 
Okay, that is fantastic. So yeah, I'd, yeah. Love, I'd love to know. <laughs> I'd love to know all the Slack tools you use because uh, yeah, that stuff's good, right? Slack. Yeah, it's amazing, and I think Slack. I think Slack is an absolute game changer. I mean, an absolute game changer. And the thing is, it's amazing. Is it's really not. It's not a new technology at all. It's just. A, it's just like a. A slight tweak on the uh, the interface, basically. It's it's fantastic. Yeah, and props to Andrew for doing such a good job on the design. Eh? He's the yes, best. Exactly. So, yeah. So Andrew and, Andrew Wilkinson is a friend of both of ours. For people listening, and he is uh, he's the founder of Metal Labs, which is the company that actually built Slack for Slack. Yeah. While we're on the topic of tools, you know, you can, you can go pretty deep into this. Like, it depends how techie you want to get. But like, Alfred App is cool, and Text Expander, and it depends how kind of automatic and neurotic you want to get. And as a manager, I think it's good to go as far down that path as you can. <laughs> like, grab all the tools and just work them so that you're super efficient in what you do. Now, um, is there anything else that we've seen us use? Or what? Talking with one of our assistants here. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. The other thing we use I think is really useful is, is ScreenFlow. Um, and I, I used to create processes like I would sit down and write it, but that lasted about 30 minutes. So what I do now is... I make a screen capture of what I'm doing. So, for example, in the yoga company, it's like, hey, this is me reordering uh, inventory for this product. So the first thing I do is go here, and then I go here. And so then maybe that'll be a five-minute video. And what I'll do is upload that to a, a private YouTube channel. Each Every company we have has a YouTube channel that just has unlisted videos. And then what happens is all those videos get added to the wiki, which is Google Sites. And then rather than me writing out the steps, you know, one of our VAs, per department or we have a girl now that does does that pretty much for every video she embeds the video in the wiki and then she goes through the video and actually repeats the process and types out all the steps into text and takes screenshots during the process so the next person who comes by they can watch the video or they can just scroll down and they can see exactly what's in there step by step with nice screenshots with red arrows and all that and you know I could take an hour writing that same process or I could take an hour and pump out 20 videos about all the core elements of my company, you know, that need to happen every day or new things we're working on. And then that all gets added to the wiki. And then, the, you know, the departments can then access the training and, and see what's up. And then just if you have any questions, they can just review the process, the way it was laid out. Right. So that's a huge time saver. And I think has really, really helped us a lot. Document everything we need to document and make it really effortless, you know. Yeah, and so, and I think that's a, a really good piece of advice. And do you? I, I mean, I think this is probably an obvious question, but I want I want people to get this: is that do you recommend that people do this like from day one? Yeah. So my my philosophy now is as soon as I'm, I know that this is a process we're going to use again, I do it because basically there's there's phase one where it's like trying to figure out what the system is going to be. Like, let's say you have a a marketing. Uh, problem you're trying to solve so you might try a few things and then it's like oh this is the tool we're going to use right and as soon as you use it like here's a good example we we just started using groove hq for customer service yeah so we were looking at a few different tools maybe for an afternoon like help scout and zendesk or whatever and so in the research phase obviously you don't need to record that video but once we sign up for groove and like a day later we're like yeah this is what we're going to use and we already had it set up I made a video just detailing everything I could in like five minutes. Like, hey, this is Groove. This is how it works. Yada, yada, yada. This is all the stuff that's specific to our company, Sidekicks. And then anything else, here's a link to the Groove training videos, which they've done already. Please watch both of these, right? And then boom, that was locked in. So I, that's like the way it goes now. Like as soon, as early as I can 
document it now, I do it. And it used to take me forever. Like with a company, I didn't document anything for like the first year, right? And then I was like, woke up to this whole idea, like, oh, fuck, we need systems. So now at this point, I'm just because I've gone through that, I recognize immediately that, oh, yeah, this is a training that the company could use and would benefit everyone. So I just document it right off the bat as soon as you know. And sometimes you scrap them. Like sometimes they're not going to be the same three months down the road, but that's fine. Yeah, but, you know, even if it's a process, well, actually, I mean, you sort of said those, but even if it's a process that you're not necessarily going to use again, do you, and, and I do, do, do you see value in in doing it so that you get better at process, like, you know, thinking about processes? That's a good question. You know, I, I use Jing, sometimes for short stuff, like let's say I'm going to, I need someone to do something that's going to happen this week. I usually won't screen flow in YouTube it, I'll just use Jing, um, it's a TextMic app, so it's like a... It's like a smaller version. Like it'll just upload the link to your server and maybe delete it a month later. I don't know, but it's like a screenshot, but for video. So I'll do that quite often. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Well, so we're basically almost out of time here. This is, I mean, we, you and I actually, I feel like could geek out on this for quite a while, but um, <laughs> yeah. what, what, uh, the last question I always like to ask in my interviews is, um, what are your top three pieces of advice for people to be more effective um, and I, you can't say you can't say document processes at this point. I don't think. Yeah. Okay. So, and we, I touched on this earlier. There's like the management philosophy version of being effective, right? Which that's everything we've talked about, like systems and all that. Now, I think the other big tip is to start thinking more like a shareholder or like a board member in a company rather than the manager. And that might be a bit of a jump for most people, but I think it's good to get the seeds planting a little bit because eventually you're gonna hire people to assist you. Let's say it's just you and yourself. Then you have staff like from wherever and they're helping you do stuff and you're building systems for them. But then eventually what's going to happen is you're going to have departments, right? And you're going to have heads of those departments. Like a, let's say it's marketing, sales, operations, finance, and product dev, five divisions. Eventually you're going to have heads of those areas. And then eventually you're going to have a CEO that's running all of those departments, right? So I think the earlier you can start thinking in that way, the faster you're going to be able to grow your company because the, the biggest productivity tool is staff. <laughs> like, like nothing will increase your productivity. Like there's no app out there that's going to increase your productivity like a full-time skilled person. And not just one. Imagine having 30 or five or whatever you can imagine, right? So I think the earlier people can get into that, like let me, I'm going to hire someone and start building management skills and then eventually start building like shareholder and board member skills, you know, the better because it, it supports you growing in a way that will provide you the most leverage because all these software tools are useful, but you get way more leverage out of thinking of how to allocate capital and how to allocate people's energy, which is really just like the, you know, the manifestation of capital spent, right, for your business and company. So that would be the big thing is think about processes, but think about people just as seriously and how you can start building up management and eventually board member skills so that you don't have to actually be the one in the on the train, right? So that's of course, exactly. Yeah, so that's one thing. And that's that's a big nut. Like that might take a bit of time to yeah. chew. The other things, I think those are really it. Like obviously have a good product, you know, and, and learn about what that is. Because a lot of people I find know a lot about marketing, but they don't really know a lot about product, like what a great product is and and what that means. So have a great product, have great processes, and then get smart about people. And this, these are three points I learned from Todd Herman. He's, a, he's an advisor of mine and 
out in New York, but he uses those three points a lot, and I think he really does a good job summing them up. So if, if you get good at those three areas, you've got it. Like you've absolutely that's a business, right? Yeah, I, I would agree. <laughs> so, um, Jeremy, uh, thank you so much for your time. This has this been a lot of fun for me, and I know there's been a lot of valuable information shared. So, um, is there any you know website or URL you are you know that you want to direct people to? They can find out more about you or your companies or, or anything. Yeah, well, Sidekicks.co is the that's the VA business. The yoga company I talked a lot about is called Shandali, and I, I don't know if there's so much information on the website there, but take a look and then. Um, I'll give you my link to my personal website. It's jeremyroger.com, but my name is very challenging to spell, so we'll put it in there. And then, yeah, and yeah, those areas. And people can always hit me up. Like, I, I like chatting with folks. Like, we have a guest here right now, uh, staying with us from Australia, and, and he he got in touch with me after a podcast, and he's here for like four days, kind of helping out with some projects and learning. And so we, we're always, I'm always open to things like that. It's it's fun connecting with people. So feel free to email me or. Message me on Facebook or whatever. I'm always down the chat. And uh, yeah, Ari will have all the notes below. So that's that. All right. Thanks, Jeremy. Really appreciate it. Okay, Ari. Thanks, dude. Catch you later. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Less Doing podcast. If you want to find out more information of the show, we would love to hear from you. You can go to lessdoing.com where you can look at Ari's blog, see the show notes for this episode, and also look at all the other episodes before this. If you want to send us a voicemail, we would love to hear from you and we'll play it on the show. You go to lessdoing.com, click on contact, and look on the right side of the page where you'll see a, a send voicemail button. Click on that and go ahead and record an audio message for us. You can also get in touch with us on Twitter. Ari's Twitter handle is at Ari Mizell, and mine is at Felix Bird. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. See you next time.